Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Brother Warren, you, were you telling me you were kind of born and raised in Missouri? And then you, he pastored a church in North Carolina. Where about in North Carolina? Near Wilmington. Near Wilmington. He was there for 10 or 11 years, and now he's been in Tipton. How many of you have ever been to Tipton, Indiana? Been, yeah, a few, few. Okay. Well, anyway, we're glad to have uh, Brother Ward with us. He is uh, speaking, teaching on the book of Ephesians at the Bible Institute there at Camp Kobiak. And he was available tonight, so we scooped him up. We're glad that he's here. And I like being preached to, so you come right ahead, Brother Ward. Thank you for coming. Thank you. It's great to be here. Take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians. That's where we will look at tonight, and we will park there. It is a joy to be here, and I mean that in all sincerity. I've known your pastor uh, for several years. I've never met him until just a few uh, weeks ago when he was in the Indianapolis area, and we both spoke at the conference at Faith Baptist Church. But I know his son, Matt. I've known Matt for years, and we have a connection here. My wife is Jamie Vandenberg's youngest sister, And some of you know John and Jamie, they have uh, sung here before. Well, John and I married sisters, and uh, Jamie is six years older than my wife to the day. They were both born on December 31st, so they got, her parents got great tax breaks those years. (laughs) But uh, my wife and I have been married for 22 years, and we have two sons, I have a son Uh, in Bible College at Pensacola Christian College, and then I have a son that's 11th grader, uh, homeschooled there where we are. Tipton, Indiana. Now, we're a Hoosier state. You know what a Hoosier is, don't you? (laughs) A Hoosier is a... This is what I've been told. A Hoosier is a Kentuckian that broke down going to Michigan. So, anyway, you can tell by my accent I'm not from Indiana. As your pastor said, I grew up a little bit of everywhere, but uh, pastored in North Carolina, and then 12 years ago, uh, we were privileged to come on staff and uh, be the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Tipton, right off 31, so if you're traveling down and you break down, you let us know and we'll put you up in our guest house, but you're welcome to come. Ephesians uh, chapter uh, 3, or Ephesians chapter 1 this evening. So here is the title of the message, if you want to entitle it, I've entitled it simply, A Prayer for Our Churches. A Prayer for Our Churches. We're going to look at the subject of prayer tonight, and we're going to look at one of Paul's prayers that he prayed for the church in Ephesus. Now I'm going to ask you, and you can say amen to this, if you believe prayer is important, will you say amen? Well, we're here tonight for a prayer meeting, are we not? And certainly prayer is so important to the local church. And I know your pastor would say amen to that. And we believe in prayer. We have prayer meeting right now. Uh, We have one of our deacons in our church that's uh, preaching right now as I preach. And so we have prayer meeting like you folks do in our church. And I'm grateful that we can do that. 
While a lot of churches have stopped the Wednesday night prayer meeting, I'm glad that this church is full tonight and there's a good spirit here and we can still meet and pray. Amen? And what a blessing. And so as we study the book of Ephesians and we look at all the doctrine in Ephesians and we look at all the, the, uh, the truth that Paul pins under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, there are two places in Ephesians where Paul stops... And he prays for the church in Ephesus. We won't look at both of those prayers for the sake of time tonight. But in the first prayer, he prays the first prayer uh, for the church in Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23, down to the very end of the chapter. And so he prays this prayer. I'll just sort of make a few comments. And then we're going to go to the second prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. And that's where we will park tonight. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, he says this, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, he says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So he tells the church in Ephesus, he says, I am thankful for you. And I make mention of you in my prayers. You have a gracious pastor, amen? Now, he didn't pay me to say that, (laughs) but he's a gracious man. And I know that he prays for you. And aren't you glad of that? How many of you need prayer? Raise your hand. How many of you really need prayer? Raise both hands. (laughs) And Paul, you see this. Here, he had a love for the church in Ephesus. He says, I cease not to pray for you. And then he tells us and tells them in verses 17 through 23 what he's praying for. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory. If you, don't want to, if you want to know the theme of Ephesians, and uh, if you've studied the book of Ephesians, the theme is, is you are rich in Christ. You may not have much money in the bank, or you may not have much money tonight in your, back, in your purse or in your wallet. Man, you may not be rich here on this earth, but if you have Christ, you are rich. You are rich in Christ. And that's exactly Paul was trying to tell the church in Ephesus. We are rich in Christ. He says, and what is the hope of the calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? So he's praying this for them. Hey, listen, you church in Ephesus, you need to know that we serve a powerful God. Verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand of the heavenly places. So he mentions the resurrection. We just celebrated this. We had a wonderful service too, Sunday, pastor, in our church. Church was full and we had many visitors and the choir did a beautiful cantata. And so we, were, we, we, we bask in that. And this time of the year, we think of the resurrection. Our God is alive tonight, amen. And so he mentions that, and he says, Our God, Christ Jesus, is far above principalities, verse 21, and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in which is to come. And he hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So he prays this prayer. And then he goes back to doctrine. Doctrine. 
in verse in chapter 2. So there's the first prayer. The second prayer he prays, turn to Ephesians chapter 3, and this is where we'll park tonight, and I'm going to give you four requests if you're taking notes tonight. Paul prayed in this second prayer, he prayed for four things that he wanted and desired for the church in Ephesus to be doing. And the second prayer is found in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. So again, he, he, he prays this second prayer, and we find it in, nestled in the middle of this third chapter of Ephesians. i give you a little outline. Chapters 1, 2, and 3 really deal with the doctrine, our doctrine. And chapters 4, 5, and 6 of Ephesians deals with our duty. I'm not going to really emphasize this tonight, but I'll just make this statement. Then we'll look at this prayer specifically in the time we have remaining tonight. But let me tell you this. Your doctrine always affects your walk. Now, I know I'm among friends here, and I think I have liberty to say this. But aren't you glad you're part of a good church that has good doctrine? I know you are, and I know your pastor And that's so important because what we believe affects how we live. Does it not? See? And so he emphasizes this in these first three chapters. And then again in chapter 3 verses 14 through 21, he prays four requests. And this is the meat of the message tonight. And I want to give these four requests to you that Paul prayed. So our text tonight is Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. Down through verse 21. So let's read it. He says. For this cause. Verse 14. I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In whom. Of whom. The whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant. So he's saying I'm bowing my knees. Before the Lord. And he says in verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with the might of his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Look at verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus, throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So there's the second and the last prayer that he prays for the church in Ephesus. So he mentions four things in our text tonight. We go back to verse number 16. The first request he prays for the church in Ephesus is that they would be strengthened. Look again at verse number 16 of chapter 3. He says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with, with might by his spirit in the inner man. Our world today seems to emphasize physical strength. My son is 19 years old, Pastor, and he lifts weights every day. 
Brother Aaron, he could beat me up if he wanted to. He is bulked up. He loves to lift weights. He loves the Lord. And I'm thankful for that. But I'm going to tell you something. When he's with me, I'm proud that he's standing next to me because I know I'm safe. Amen. I mean, he's just all muscle. I mean, he's a lifeguard. He is, he is athletic. He's, he's in Christian school. He's in Christian college right now. He's studying business. You know, he wants, to do, he wants to own a business. He's even talked about maybe owning a gym one day, which is fine if the Lord leads him to do that. I just want him to be in God's will. Amen. But he is strong physically. But let me tell you something, church. My prayer is that he'll be strong spiritually. And you may be here tonight and you may not be able to bench press 325. You may say to me, preacher, I don't even go to the gym. But God wants you to be strong and you can be strong spiritually. And that's what Paul is saying here. He says that his request is that these people, the church in Ephesus, would be strengthened by his spirit. The Holy Spirit, we ought to pray this, the Holy Spirit needs to empower us and he can enable us to live the victorious Christian life. And I know you believe that. You and I need to be led by the Spirit. We need to be strengthened by the Spirit. In fact, we're reminded in the Bible, are we not? It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by His what? Spirit, saith the Lord. See? And sometimes, and I know I'm guilty of this, pastor being in ministry, brother Aaron being in ministry, sometimes it's easy to start doing things in our own flesh and in our own strength. And sometimes, brother Aaron and I were talking about this today and last night, sometimes God will do something in our lives to humble us so that we will depend on Him. And let me tell you something, church, that's not a bad thing. Sometimes God has to humble us So that we will rely on him. And we need his strength. And this is what Paul is praying. He's praying that they would be strengthened. Not in their own flesh. But in the spirit. We do believe in the Holy Spirit. When we are saved. uh, He baptizes us into the body of Christ. He empowers us. He fills us. The Bible tells us that we should not be grieved. And we should not quench the spirit. In fact Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5. We won't turn there. But he says in Ephesians 5. Chapter 5, he says, be, be not drunk with wine, words in excess. But he says, what church? Be what? Filled with the Spirit. So we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're to be strengthened in the inner man. The inner man, and this is just my definition. I've learned it somewhere throughout the years. Your pastor might have given you or might have taught you maybe a few different meanings here. But I believe the inner man is the spiritual part of man where God dwells and works. And let me say this, church, God, if you're saved, God's Spirit lives inside of you and He wants to work in you. So He prays for strengthening by His Spirit. Everything we do, we must be led by the Spirit. We cannot do it in our own flesh. So He prays that in verse number 16. Number 2, look at verse number 17. So number one, the first request is to be strengthened. Number two, look at verse 17. He says this, That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend 
with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. So number two, in verse number 17, he prays that they be grounded. That, they may, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. To dwell here carries the idea of to settle down and feel at home. It carries that idea. To, to dwell in your hearts, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. You know, as a Christian, I've been saved. I was saved off the bus ministry when I was 10 years old. I was not raised in a strong Christian home. My mom and dad are wonderful people. They're retired now. They live in Florida. They're suffering for the Lord in Florida. But I was not raised in a home that preached the gospel. I was not raised in a home that uh, my parents sat down with me and told me I was a sinner and I, I was in need of, of, of a savior. But my dad worked for a large American-based company. And when, when I was eight years old, we moved to a new city. And in that city, we bought a house. My parents bought a house. We lived in a nice neighborhood. And one Saturday, there was a knock on our door. And someone came and invited us to the local Baptist church. We went. I I went and I got saved. Ten years old. And so it took a long time. And Brother Aaron and I sort of have similar testimonies. I went to public school all my life. I was never around homeschoolers. I was never around Christian school. I was in and out of church. But I'm thankful that in my life, especially as a teenager, there were some youth pastors and there were some good churches that I was involved in that helped me be grounded in my faith. And let me just say this, and again, I say this in all sincerity. If you're involved in this local church and you are being fed by God's word, you ought to be thankful that you can be grounded in the truth. Paul being rooted and grounded, he prayed that they would be grounded, that, that, he would allow the, that they would allow Jesus Christ to indwell them and feel at home in their life. There are some things that just come natural for Christians. We ought to love the Lord. We ought to love His Word. We ought to love the local church. And we ought to speak up for Christ. Because God wants to ground us in the truth. So he prays this in verse 17 that they be grounded. He says rooted. Look again in our text in verse 17. That Christ may dwell with your hearts in faith that ye being rooted... The word rooted means to be deep and grounded in the love of God. We, we can understand that. We had a work day last Saturday, two Saturdays ago in our church, and we re-landscaped the front of our church, and we had all volunteers. We had 30, 35 people come out on a Saturday and work. And we dug up things, and we found things, and we worked hard, and Saturday everybody came to church. We couldn't hardly move. We were so sore. But you know what it's like to root up something that, uh, uh, dig up a plant that may be rooted in the ground. It's not easy to get up. And that's how Christ wants us to be. He wants us to be rooted and grounded in the faith. Grounded here carries the idea of having a solid foundation. Listen, there's no greater foundation we can have than the foundation of Jesus Christ in our hearts. God's word God's Son, being grounded in those things. Now I'm going to brag a little bit, and I'll move to the point three quickly. My youngest son, A.J., 
I love our, t- I have two boys. One's in, in college, in Christian college. The other one's homeschooled at home. And our youngest son plays in a homeschool co-op. How many of you have heard of those before? And they're big in Indiana. They're a homeschool co-op. We're in a, in a, in, and it has everything, Pastor. We've got sports. We've got chemistry. We've got everything we want to be a part of in the homeschool co-op. And one of the things we have is we have a big basketball team. Well, we're from Indiana. You know anything about Indiana? We've got the best basketball in the country. Amen. We're better than Michigan, amen? Okay, let me leave. (laughs) And our son, our youngest son, is a big baller. He loves basketball. And if he was here tonight, my 17-year-old, he could tell you the stats on a lot of basketball players. He could tell you a lot about NBA teams. He can tell you a lot about the players. And I understand all that, and he, he loves that because he loves basketball. And I always remind him, and this is just the preacher in me, I'll say to my son, son, those are great to know all those stats. By the way, my son's one of the best rebounders in the state of Indiana. He really is in homeschool leagues. I'm thankful. But more importantly than all his talent and all the basketball he can play and all the stats he knows, I want him to know God. I want him to know this book. I want him to know who the four Gospels are about. I want him to know all 66 books of the Bible. And sometimes I have to just sit down and now say, Now, son, listen, I'm glad you know these things. But more importantly, do you know Jesus in a personal way? He's been saved. He he loves the Lord. He's in our youth group, active, sings in our choir. But you know what? He needs to be grounded. That's the greatest thing that you and I can can understand and comprehend. So Paul prays that he be strengthened. He prays to be he prays that the church be strengthened. Number 2, he prays that they would be grounded. And that's my encouragement to you tonight is that you be grounded in the truth of God's word. Number 3, quickly, he says in verse number 18 that they may comprehend, be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So number 3, he Prays that they would comprehend what is the breadth and length and depth and height. To hump comprehend carries the idea to mentally comprehend and to lay hold. Now watch this church. To lay hold of truth. You know, we can understand a lot. We can come in church. And I know... I pastor a local church just like this one. A lot of people, we can come into church and we can hear a lot of things. But does what we hear, does it impact our life to the point it changes us? And that's where God wants us to be. We can understand something. We can hear a lot of things, but never make it personal. And I think that's one of the tragedies in our local churches today. Your pastor has been so faithful for 25 years. What a testimony. A little town in northern Michigan, Mayo, Michigan. He's been faithful preaching the word. And I'm sure you can't remember everything he said the last 25 years if you've been here. But I tell people this a lot of times. I don't remember what I ate 25 years ago. But you know what? I knew 25 years ago it was good for me because I'm still here today. Let me just say this, and I think I have liberty to say this. 
you may not remember every message your pastor preaches and you may leave sometimes and I know my people have done this before you know and maybe the message wasn't a home run Uh, I feel like that I feel like that every Sunday pastor I get to first base I never get all the way around but you know what constantly hearing the truth of God's word consistently being faithful to the house of God as your pastor said tonight consistently hearing the word of truth that will nurture us and ground us and help us and strengthen us and grow us and there's nothing wrong with that you wouldn't miss a meal for three or four days or three or four weeks you would die physically and let me say this we cannot abandon the truth of God's word we must hear it And apply it. And so this is what the prayer for Paul was. He said that they would comprehend. That they would comprehend what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. And then he says this last request. And I close with this in verse number 19. He says number one to be strengthened. Number two to be grounded. Number three to comprehend. The breadth and length and depth and height to lay hold of truth. And then he says in verse number 19, look at it again. He said that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. His fourth prayer request in this prayer is that they would be filled with God. And I want to challenge you as I close tonight. We must be full of God. We believe in the fullness of the Spirit. Again... Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, he says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. Again, he's talking practical here. If you look at Ephesians 5, 18, he says, But be filled with the Spirit. We ought to be filled with God. And here's my challenge. What are you full of tonight? Someone taught me this years ago, a person that's full of themselves makes a very small package. Pretty good truth, isn't it, church? What are you filled up? Are you filled of God? Are you full of God? That's my prayer for you. And that was Paul's prayer for the church. I want to make one comment and I'm, and I'm through. Notice what Paul prays for. Now, this touches home here tonight. Every request he prayed for in Ephesians, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 through 11, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 12, every request he prays for is a spiritual need. Are you with me tonight? If you're with me, say amen. I'm not negating physical needs, Pastor. I'm not negating uh, uh, sickness and illness. And, and, and people, my mother had cancer several years ago and our church prayed. My mother's a survivor. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I believe God healed her. I believe God's able to do that. We have a lot of physical needs. But the greatest need we have is always spiritual. It's always spiritual. And there are many spiritual needs all around this community. There are many spiritual needs in my community. And let's not forget, church... The spiritual needs of people around us. Because if you look at Paul's prayers, that's what he emphasized. That's what he emphasized. May God help us to emphasize those same things in our life. Let's pray. 
Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.